Ethel's Travel Tales, Accounts from an Addicted Travel Photographer by Ethel Davies. Adventure Journeys, Cruises, Brazil, the Amazon, April 1989, Manaus, Brazil. An assignment to Brazil from the photo library took me on a whirlwind tour of the country. After Rio de Janeiro, of course, Sao Paulo, Iguaçu Falls, and the capital Brasilia, I found myself in Manaus, deep in the country's interior. Why? To see something of the Amazon, of course. This area has been so much in the news due to so much of its decimation, cultivation, and its importance in being the world's lungs. I couldn't go on a visit to Brazil without seeing such a vital region. Today is the halfway point on my Brazilian trip and quite possibly the highlight. I'm going on a three-day excursion into the Amazon jungle. I'm going by myself and I'm hesitant and wary, but also in some ways delighted. I will have a small motorized boat manned by an Indian guide who might speak Spanish, which I understand, as compared to Portuguese, which I don't. It's rainy season out there. Needless to say, the voyage didn't come cheap, although if I can get some good shots, it will be a bargain. But I'd be so much happier if only even one more person could come with me, but then maybe I wouldn't. This is such a great adventure, something I've always wanted to do. When I was a child, I never imagined exploring the Amazon in a group. So now it will be three days alone with an Indian guide. I am exactly where I wanted to be. So why this hesitation? I do not feel foreboding. In fact, I feel as if this is really going to be good. In a way, it's nice to know that I'm not yet blasé about everything. Slight fear mixed with excitement is hardly the mark of a world-weary photographer. The Amazon, I'm really here. I hadn't prearranged anything so that when I got to the Hotel Tropical, the effective headquarters for short Amazon River trips, I was bombarded with hawkers selling me potential itineraries. One company had been recommended, not particularly expensive, but then again, not particularly cheap, and the proprietor assured me I would be safe. Somehow I believed him and paid, exhausting my traveler's check supply. As it turned out, when I met my Brazilian indigenous guy, Zhao, I knew from the moment I met him that not only was he a true gentleman, but that I could also trust him with my life. A good thing, too, considering where we would be going. Now I want to get out there. I want to smell the trees, see the birds and the animals. I also want the sun, possibly a dodgy proposition in such a wetland. I must be able to put the demands of my agency aside, if necessary, and just enjoy this. It's special and unique, and I'm extremely lucky to be here. As the interesting French economist who was sent to Brazil to prepare a proposal for the World Bank said, Manaus is one of those places like Timbuktu that signify excitement, adventure, and the exotic. Here I am in the world's largest rainforest on the banks of what becomes the world's biggest and second longest river. I'm in the area of the world that produces a fifth of the world's oxygen and 10% of the world's plant and animal species. The land of the jaguar, the parrot, the toucan, the tapir, and even the piranha. And I'm here right now. 
although I haven't seen very much yet, having spent my arrival yesterday trying to sort things out, that the hotel tour company allowed me to come along for the ride to take away the departing Royal Viking Line passengers as they were about to disappear down the Amazon. Four days to Belém, I think, then to Florida via probably the Caribbean. All right for some. I did manage to get a shop of the ship in the sun. Sun! It's sunny out there! And as the ship comes only once a year, maybe there's a photo library sale somewhere? Back in the hotel in Manaus, I'm excited thinking about what's ahead. Sipping a slightly sour but very fresh passion fruit juice, maracuja, it's fun to watch the other travelers of all shapes and sizes. Okay, compared to a 20-year-old perfect karaoke in a tanga, I haven't a hope. But compared to some of the tourists, I feel pretty good. After all, the confusion about which tour to book, maybe a three-day cruise on the river, would do me good. I just hope I get some good stuff. Two days later. Maybe when I dream, I'll come back here. I'm sitting in an Indian home where I spent the night, along with eight other people in a three-room house, all of us in hammocks. The house is made of slatted wood with a corrugated iron roof over the water. It's exactly like a boathouse. We wash in the river and pee in a toilet, but it's not plumbed. There are portable devices powering two tungsten lights, and the rest of the time we use candles. The family is very nice and friendly, and in my fitful night dangling, but not falling out of a hammock, I tried to imagine how they live. In some ways, it's idyllic, bathing in the river in the sunrise. Everything is very clean, and the family does seem to manage, but I suppose one does if one has to. It's rainy season at the moment, and the river level is high. Because of this annual variation, much of the life of these inhabitants shifts gears as necessary. Our boat sailed right up to the house's front steps, and taking our shoes off, we waded in. More amusing were the chicken coops, resting on top of poles which were half-submerged. I suspect both the birds and the residents look forward to dry land again. As far as the Amazon, yesterday we explored the Salamoish, one of the two large rivers that join up below Manaus to feed the Amazon River that eventually reaches Belém and the Atlantic. Today, we'll be cutting over to the other half, the Rio Negro. This is a completely different world. I can't believe this is in the same country as Rio or Brasilia. If there is a third world, it's more here than what I've seen so far. But the vegetation, and I haven't even visited the best of it yet. The weather looks good out there. Please let it continue. At first, the Rio Negro downstream looks totally industrial. Lots going on, factories, workmen, general activity. At the meeting of the waters between the Negro and the Solomoish, the two branches of the Amazon, there is such a distinct difference between the two rivers that even in the pouring rain, which came up later, the line of brown separates from the line of black, both recognizable. Apparently, for six kilometers, they run alongside each other without mixing. I was staring into the water, one color to my right, another to my left, when I spotted something moving around. Something in the mix was a pink creature going from one to the other. The more I looked, the more often I saw this animal. I had no idea what it was, having never seen anything like it before. And when I asked my guide, he replied saying, un boto. I was no more enlightened and twice as curious, but still didn't know. 
I discovered much later that I had seen the legendary pink dolphin that lived in the fresh water here and wasn't having delusions from too much alcohol. How can I write in a moving boat? I'm cruising down the Rio Negro. To my left, not far, is dense jungle vegetation. To my right is probably the same, but there's so much water in between that it's hard to make out. The sky is blue with not yet threatening clouds. When we're heading, seems a long way away, at least four hours by motorboat upstreams from Manaus. Then again, it's around noon, a bad time to shoot. We're almost on the equator and the sun is almost directly ahead. I don't really know where we're going, except that it's on the Rio Negro, which is where we are now. It's at least two hours away from where we're going to have lunch. Then, still a little mystery on the Amazon never did any harm. We made our way to the first night's accommodation and settled into the indigenous people's boathouse. One of the children, eight-year-old Ernesto, offered to come along with us on a boat expedition. We would be fishing for our suppers, attempting to catch a legendary, delicious creature, the piranha? I knew of this species more as a nasty carnivorous beast whom I fantasized would eat me if I fell in the water. In the meantime, it seems as if I would be eating it first. We were handed wooden sticks with a string attached. At the end was a hook and a loop to tie on the bait. A hot dog. I guess the best way to catch a meat eater is with meat, and that was what was up to its hand. Ernesto was an expert. He dropped the line in, waited a minute, and pulled out a beautiful example. I tried too. I could feel the nibble, but if I waited too long, the hot dog was gone. If I rushed and pulled out the bait too soon, it hadn't even been touched. Somehow, those fish had a primordial native intelligence that seemed to know when a tourist was gunning for them. Ernesto, on the other hand, an experienced local, knew his stuff and provided us with enough specimens to feed the family. Indeed, that did prove to be the case. Frying up the fishies in oil, we had a delicious meal. Apparently, carnivorous things taste better than plant eaters. I must admit, in subsequent years, when seeing the piranhas in zoo aquariums, I didn't feel quite so intimidated. Last night was one of the most fantastic sunsets I've ever seen. It just kept on changing, each view more beautiful than the rest. I gotta get out of the sun, it's too hot. I kept on shooting till I had to stop. I hope the pics are sharp. I was shooting from a moving boat and had to keep on lowering the camera's speeds. Next, I was told we would be going on a nocturnal excursion, crocodile flashing. There are lots of little and big crocs, or caimans, on the river banks at night, and you can spot them by seeing the catlight reflection from the flashlights in their eyes. Zhao, my erstwhile Indian guide, managed suddenly to grab two on separate occasions and explain a bit about them. The night itself was amazing. It was clear, with an almost full moon lighting everything, we paddled in a canoe with no precautions, life vests or preservers, while I was sitting in the middle with a camera and flash gun. The thing about this area of the Solomois is that although there's lots of dense greenery in the wet season, now it's almost underwater. It meant that we could go by boat anywhere, as everything is below the water level anyway. We sailed here and there through bushes, over trees, in search of the intrepid croc. We also saw various other animals and birds, including an owl, neatly perched on the very top of the tree. It was a magnificent evening.
Two days later, after that wonderful sunny day yesterday, one I thought not possible in a rainforest, it has been pouring down for at least eight hours. A large part of the time there's been thunder and lightning to add a bit of drama. So much for the lovely walk in the woods scheduled for today. But yesterday was beautiful. We started early, photographed the giant lily pads, and then trekked by water up the Rio Negro. It's massive. I kept on thinking we were, for example, in the middle of a Scottish loch, but this river goes on for thousands of miles. Further up the Rio Negro, for example, I could sail in a large boat up to Colombia. Up the Rio Solomoish, I could sail in a Royal Viking crew line cruise ship to Peru. It's unbelievable how enormous this river is, and I'm seeing only a small section of it. We're still a thousand miles from the mouth at Palem, even though that's still in Brazil. The really fun part of today was exploring the tiny backwater creeks of the Rio Negro. They're not even really creeks. They're flooded forest. The height difference in the Amazon here between wet and now and dry winter season is up 14 meters. All the dinky little waterways we sailed on will be stone dry forest in a few months. I photographed the real rainforest from a boat. I could tell that even Zhao, funny, good-natured, even-tempered guide that he is, felt inspired. We kept on going through smaller and smaller waterways. The boat engine was perpetually protesting, stalling, choking with leaves, etc. But Zhao kept on going, and I was delighted he did so. At one point, in the middle, really, of the flooded forest, with dense vegetation all around and the toucans plus other identifiable birds calling, we jumped in and took a swim. The water was cold but refreshing. I was swimming in the quiet, calm, thick forest vision of the jungle I had previously only imagined. And I think it was real. It was so beautiful and so amazing. Does Amazon come from amazing or vice versa? Back in the boat and drying off, Zhao could tell both my camera and I were getting a real kick out of this, so we pursued even smaller paths, till finally we had to admit defeat and turn back. But that was okay. I could enjoy our retreat. The day's shooting ended up with a rainbow that, instead of promising no more rain, was a foreboding of the night's deluge. Still, the family here kindly let me have my own cottage, complete with mosquito-netted hammock. In the evening, in the dark main room of the house, I saw the silhouettes of children, seemingly sitting in a row by height, illuminated by an artificial glow. In front of them was a tiny screen emanating a novella or Brazilian soap opera. Beyond electricity lines, but still within broadcast range of a big city, the television was powered by a car battery. That night, lulled by the rain hammering on the metal roof, I slept well. The three-day voyage was over, and it was time to return to Manaus. After that wonderful, wonderful experience in the jungle, everything now is sort of a letdown. Since that evening in the mosquito-netted hammock, the weather has been mediocre, with blue patches appearing punctuated by pouring rain, which is okay, really, as there isn't much to shoot. Manaus is a bit of a pit. The only thing theoretically worth taking is the opera house, which is completely covered 360 degrees with scaffolding, and it's closed. Drat. No gate problem, though. I'm just so thankful of those fantastic days in the jungle. 
The Brazil circuit continued with visits east to Recife, then south to Salvador, then finally back to Rio. I enjoyed the entire trip, meeting people, seeing different scenery, experiencing new cultures. But I have to admit, those three days in the Amazon jungle really did prove to be the highlight of the entire trip.